Hi guys, so welcome to the conversation with Samuel or Luke Bemini. This is the conversation with Samuel Olubimini on New Cruise 92.7 FM. Ikere. Today, I have a guest whose roots, or let me say, family name is a common feature in military history and also the history of Nigeria. His name is, his family name is one that Ikiti's highly revere and deem synonymous with bravery. He is a lawyer, a politician, and a family man. I bet you're guessing who my guest is. He is Donald Olufemi Faji. He is the son of the late governor of the western region of Nigeria, Lieutenant Colonel Adekunle Faji. Good morning. Good to have you around, sir. Good morning. Hi, Sammy. We, we met once yes. and we clicked. Yes. 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 This we is the did. second time. Yes. <laughs> Good so, to have you around. Let, let, let's, for a start, let's take a look at this. You bear the name Faji, yes. an important name in not just Nigeria's history, but also in Ekiti history. How have you been able to carry the burden of bearing that name? Yes, uh, it has been a burden, um, uh, but not really because uh, um, all through my life mm. I've been uh, told to be very careful mm. about what I do, say, where I go, who I associate with. Mm. So um, my father had always told me that, but uh, uh, you know, look, you you are not better. Than any other person, so you have nothing to be proud about. Mm. Um, so that humility has been ingrained in me. Mm. Um, so, what what are your fondest memories of your father? I, I knew you were quite close. Oh yes, and, and you were in your teenagers. Yeah, almost out of your teenagers yes. when he, he died. Yes. Mm. Um, my greatest regrets were that uh, those formative years of my life. Um, well, well, I was going to 17 when he died. Um, he, he had had to go and serve three tours of duty in the Congo, yeah. which took about three and a half years. Mm. Um, um, otherwise, we lived um, and we were a beautiful, happy family. Um, my fondest memories of him, oh, my dad... Uh, he loved his family and I know he loved me a lot. Mm. Whenever he came home, he would want to take me out. Okay. You know, I was always, um, uh, I was always going out with him. And, you know, a young child would always enjoy outings with, 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 with his parents. So, um, then 
he, he was an outdoors man. You know, he loved hunting. He loved fishing. Uh, you know, he took me out on all these expeditions. Uh, so, so you must have felt a huge loss when he was finally killed. Um, yes, yes. W- w- were you there that night? No, I wasn't in government house. I was okay. in school, Christ school, Adoikiti. Oh, okay. I was in Christ school. In fact, I heard about the coup over the BBC. Oh, so no family member, nobody came to tell you. Well, what happened was this. The, the, the coup took place on the 9th of July 28th, stroke 29th. Now, according to my mother, she had gone to attend a marriage ceremony somewhere. It was there that a message came to her that there was trouble in Ibadan. And of course, you know, the woman that she was, she immediately left the party um, and went. So that was the first inkling, but I was in school. What I know happened was that the second day, I suddenly, I was in my, it was a Saturday. I, I was, I was, I was called outside by some schoolmates that uh, I have visitors. So I looked, I came out of the dormitory, Babamboni house, and there were a group of six of my family, you know, extended family people. They greeted me, I greeted them. I, I, I was surprised to see them. I said, what is the matter? They said, no problem. They said, you are, you are just, they just came to see me. I, I had no idea what they, they came what for. So, it was later, uh, I think, nine o'clock or thereabout, uh, because I always listen to the BBC, okay. you know, uh, uh, carry over from the old man. Um, it was there that I learned that there had been a coup in Nigeria and that the head of state and the governor of the Western region uh, had been abducted. Even at that point, I, I really was not alarmed. Because he was uh, an officer well-loved by his soldiers. I mean, there's so many examples. They really loved him. They would follow him anywhere he went. And it wasn't even the prime target. It wasn't the target. Mm-hmm. He, he, he wanted to just... No, no, yes. I mean, all these facts came out. Mm-hmm. You were asking about how I got yes. to know. Yes. Um, so, uh, I, I said, well, these soldiers, they know how to do their thing, Joe. I really was not alarmed at that point. Um, but of course, we began to be worried when days went into weeks and weeks went into months. Well, my mother now began to write letters to everybody, the inspector general of police, uh, the head of state, Yakubu Gowon. I still have copies of his uh, replies at home, um, you know. Asking out, where's my husband? Where? How, I mean, how can a old governor be? You know, we we really didn't know uh, that it was a regime change. You know, um, so that was it. Wasn't it, it? It was after I had gone into my higher school. That was comprehensive high school, Ayetoro. Um, that the then uh, secretary to the state government. Um, 
late Mr. Peter Udumusu okay. suddenly came to school and said, Donald, you are taking me to Adoikiti. You know, he came all the way from Ibadan to Ayetoro to ask me to take him to Adoikiti. It, it, it sounded odd to me. But, you know, any opportunity to get away from school, from school. <laughs> was a welcome opportunity. So we, we got into the car and throughout the trip, he didn't say a word about the purpose of the trip. Um, until we got home, uh, he, he came upstairs. My mother sat down and he brought out a letter and asked me to read. And of course, there was this commiseration. We're sorry at... Uh, your husband, his body has been found, and you know, blah blah blah. And uh, well, tears started rolling down my eyes. And that was the first, and of course, I the shock. Um, I don't know, everybody said I took it like a man, you know. Uh, I, I believe I did 54 years after, uh, you. Are forgiven those involved or not, or you still carry that body? No, 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 no. Um, um, looking back, I mean, right? I, 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 you know, it was after that we began to hear the details of the coups and the and the roles played by the personnel. Um, uh, my great uncle, daddy, up there in the north, um, who was a lieutenant then, who led the soldiers. Is that Theophilus Dangelo? Yeah. Um, he has in various fora said that he did not know. You know, he said after they got Hironsi, uh, that he left and left the soldiers. Well, this could possibly be true because further information we have and from some articles, you know, I downloaded from some Igbo army officers, one of Iran's ADCs who managed to escape. Is that Senator Mwakwo? Mwakwo. Yes. Um, I can't remember the name, but I have... The, the, the article at home um, who described how, you know, the army then was one. You know, most officers, all the officers in fact had been trained together. They all knew themselves. So, uh, for, for one tribe to pitch itself against another tribe was very unfortunate in that time of our Nigerian history. Uh, very unfortunate. Um, but uh, you know, colleagues who had been in training together yes. and suddenly find yourself an, on opposite sides of an issue. Yes. Um, because this particular article I'm talking about uh, told of how uh, Northern officers? Uh, uh, well, it was a mix of Northern and Yoruba soldiers. Tanjuma was, I believe, the only commissioned officer there. The, the others were non-commissioned. Um, I don't know of what ranks, but uh, one said, look, he told uh, Iran's ADC, 
be on the alert. You know, they were there in the bush, smoking, all kinds of things. And they didn't know what to do with Fajri. You know, he was. they had killed Ironsi. They had killed one of his ADCs. And they were now arguing on what to do with Ironsi. I mean, with Fajri. I'm sorry. Um, so, and obviously they were going to kill the second ADC. So one of them, you know, told him, look, I will create a diversion. When I start to shoot one side, you go the other side. And that was what he did. He, he suddenly got up, cocked his gun, and said, hey, the idiot is running away, and started firing in one direction. One direction. Everybody looked in that direction, and yeah. the guy just slipped into the bush, opposite direction, and escaped. That was what he wrote in his article. Um, so that's how we know what really happened. And I think that was what triggered one of them. to said, look, we can't be carrying this man around. He knows us. He has seen our face. So just cocked his machine gun and opened fire point blank at Fajui's chest. Now, the July 1966 coup was the second coup. Yeah. The first one was January 15, yes. uh, 1966. Yes. And... We've had various accounts. That was where we had the likes of Tafa, Baliwa, Madubedo, Esela, Kintola, and who were killed there. Yes. And we've had a couple of accounts about that particular uh, coup. One of them says that the late Adekule Faji would have been involved mm-hmm. if he had not been in Nikiti State. Let me, let me quote uh, Adewali, Ademuiga, one of the yeah. planners of yeah. that coup. Uh, uh, yeah. In his book, Why We Struck, the story yeah. of Niger's first coup, mm-hmm. page 82, he says... Lieutenant Colonel, however, Lieutenant Colonel Faji, who commanded the course, had sympathy for our course mm-hmm. and was willing to contribute ideas towards the execution of our plan. Mm-hmm. It shall stand internally to his credit that although the coup took place while he was away on leave, mm-hmm. he rose for the revolution mm-hmm. and stood firmly by its principles, even until a breath mm-hmm. is last. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that statement that he perhaps must have had uh, some sort of contribution? To that coup? Well, they are the ones who are saying it. Mm. Eh? I wasn't there. He never dropped any idea. He never dropped any. Okay, but then. But what, what corroborates some of these ideas um, was that in some other account or some other book, I read that after they had planned the coup, that. Uh, they were now biding their time to strike. They kept shifting and shifting the date until, and then the general order was that everybody should go about his normal, duty. normal duties. Don't do anything unusual to draw attention to yourself. So when it came to time to go on leave, go on leave. And that's how Adekule went on leave. Um, When they struck, he was home. But immediately the news got around. Uh, He got up, dressed up in his uniform, you know. And left for Lagos. 
uh, his trip from Adekiti to Lagos is another story. story. Um, but uh, the next thing we had was that he was the military governor, governor. of Western Region. Did mm. <laughs> <So, laughs> that gladden your heart a bit? Well, it really didn't. I just saw it as another military posting. I didn't know what a governor was. Yes. Okay, but then, w- one thing, we, we, I've looked at a couple of publications and yes. you've been quoted as saying that your dad never said anything good about politicians. Mm, yes. Uh, now, I, 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 I think I, I want to agree with him. And, and the first set of politicians he had contact with are the ones we regard as founding fathers in, yeah. a, in Nigeria. The likes of Amadou Bello, Does it mean that this men, this founding fathers of Nigeria, bad politics. No, no. The institution of the politician uh, uh, has always been there and it will come to stay. Uh, it is many of us believe uh, that we're not getting the best out of our political class. Uh, if I may say, uh, in retrospect, uh, the poor man was just voicing a sentiment about how politicians will create situations, will create situations uh, that lead to war. And now ask the soldiers to come and fight the war. Mm. I think you understand. Yeah. Um, it's not to say that they're not good politicians. There are a lot of good politicians. What we unfortunately have in Nigeria today, this is my personal opinion, is that uh, from the very onset of our independence we started off on the wrong foot. I don't know if we will come to that later. I think so I would like you to I can to expatiate that. Yes, on, on that now. Wrong footing. Yes. Ah. Look. When Britain colonized America The American colony had to fight to gain their independence and become a republic. Now, that that uh, 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 um, fight, they, not, they sat down to determine what the rights of the citizens would be. They determine, and that's why the American Constitution starts with we, the people. The people. Mm. And the articles follow. Uh, the same thing with the Australian colony. They didn't have to fight, but... Uh, now, we in Africa didn't fight... And unfortunately, our former colonial masters had predetermined the structure of our political system. 
what happened. Immediately we got independence and the governors general and the governors of the regions pulled out. Our own governors stepped into their shoes. They went and occupied government house, which we still have today. So what should have been the uh, scenario then? The ideal scenario at that point? I know, I, I, I know that uh, there can never be any ideal. But what I am saying, what I'm trying to say is that Nigeria did not have the opportunity to sit down as a people, both from the north, from the east, from the west, to sit down and determine what kind of politics we wanted to play. We do not have a homegrown political system. And you think we've not tried to do that in the past 50, almost 60 years? At what cost? We have tried. We have been trying, but at what cost? You've had your bit of foray into politics yourself. Yes, briefly. Before we go on, look at the question of Shuwari. This young chap came out and said, Nigeria is a revolution. That in itself is an innocent statement. Everybody wants a revolution. We cannot go on like this. But what kind of revolution? Definitely not an armed revolution. No. And so his style was a mistake? Well, we, we hear rumors and rumors and until the case is hard in court, until the facts come out, because we hear rumors that he was receiving foreign aid, that people were arming him. You know, we don't, we don't know until the facts come out. And that's why, according to the authorities, they are, they are on his neck. But, you know, now the kind of revolution we long for is a revolution in the system. A revolution in the system. Look, today, the governor of a state is the one who will initiate a project. He's the one who will determine who and who gets what. And he's the one who will fund it. Does, does that really... Is that the best for our people? And look at the point I was making about our politicians just stepping into the shoes of our former colonial masters. Why can any governor not live in his own house? Jerry Rawlings did it beautifully in Ghana when he was Ghanaian head of state. As the wing commander, he was living in the barracks in his official quarters and going from there to state house in his office. He did it beautifully. Today, the Prime Minister of Britain uh, Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson does not have 
a house. We know that he lives with his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. You know? They are engaged now. Well, whatever that relationship will progress to. But what we are saying is that he does not even have his own house. And we know, you know, so it is this that determines the, 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 the thinking the psyche of our politicians. Now, the politicians, I, I like to ask, the politicians, people would often say, are a product of the people. Yes. So, is it just the politicians that have these issues, or it's the ideology of the people itself that needs to be changed? I don't think it's the ideology of the people. Everybody is complaining about them. <laughs> you may not be complaining. But, but, then, but then, the average Nigerian mm. becomes a politician, Steps into the shoes, uh, takes office, and then almost turns out the same way. Yes, because that is that is that is. Uh, look, let's not go. I, I, I am a professional. You said that I made a brief foray into politics when I saw so many things. I said this was not for me. I have friends who went to it who was very successful. Uh, Dr. Shagumi Miko, good friend of mine, he's been governor of uh, Undo State. We were following Evangelist Olumilua when he was campaigning for to be governor of Undo State. You know, we were the boys following him, carrying his bags, you know. But that was the stage I pulled out. But he went on and became governor. Fine, you see. We have a crop of brilliant Nigerians, but it is the system. And we thought that uh, President uh, Jonathan's national conference would bring a drastic change into this system. But lo and behold... With all the money spent on that uh, conference, they just shelved the white paper. Shelved by not just Jonathan himself, who failed to implement on time, but also the well, current you know, government that is still reviewing. No, he had to leave off it. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm not p- putting blame on anybody, but nothing has been done with that, with the result of that conference. And of course, we know that a faction of Afeni Ferry is making a lot of noise about that. They, they want that paper to be implemented. It was have, you, have you gone through that paper? No, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't. I haven't even seen it. You've talked about changing the system. Yes. At this point, who should bear the burden of changing the system? You said it. When a businessman who well, after I've made too much money, now I want the power. He goes into politics. He becomes governor. He becomes senator. Do you think he will change that system? The system that produced him? Because the people who can bring about the change today are our senators. They are the ones who should really sit down and say, if, if they agree... But I don't think 
they can never have that kind of agreement. Why? Ah, because everybody has his own agenda. What would possibly be the agenda? Would the agenda be greater than the uh, national group? Are you saying that our senators have a different agenda that is different from the overall good of Nigeria itself? I will not cast aspersion on our senators. I will not uh, say anything derogatory about them. They are fine breed of fine men and women. They may not be the best that we have, but they are what we have. We have a lot of them who are there on forged certificates, as we know. There are some of them who are there on who believe that yes uh, they say I am powerful in the Senate come and look at me at home I am also very powerful at home (laughs) I mean let's not forget when General Buhari became president, the first thing he did, the very first thing, and today nobody's talking about it, was to cut his salary and that of his uh, VP into two. We thought that the then Senate, who were supposed to be members of his own party, would follow suit. But no, they didn't. Rather, the next thing we had was that the money they are paying them is not enough. Uh, their counterparts all over the world are, you know, and so they began to increase their allowances. And so, I, 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 I. so it is the Senate who are supposed to be the representatives of no, the not people. Not just the Senate. You're, you're also referring to the National Assembly, the House of Representatives. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes, um, so uh, they are the ones who, but can we say in all honesty that they are there putting forth the minds of the electorate, the people who put them there? Can we say that in all honesty? Because if I could get Senator Jimmy, for example, to have, even if it's just a monthly meeting, here in Ado, in the state capital, on topical issues, let us all come and discuss it. Even though it's not our constituency, Ado falls under Igede Central. Uh, uh, well, yes, but Ado is the capital. I mean, uh, well, yes. Uh, what's what? Who's our senator here? Michael Okpemi Bamidele. Uh, Bamidele, yes. Uh, Barista Bamidele, I've not seen him ever since he was elected. I've not seen him. So you're saying that one of the reasons, or perhaps one of the reasons why Nigeria has not grown beyond uh, what it is right now, 
is because those who are in power, those who are meant to initiate and implement the changes are detached from the people. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. They are detached from the people. They are detached from the people. There have been several calls for restructuring. Nigeria. Yes. You've also talked about changing mm-hmm. the system. You've mentioned bits and bits of mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Several persons have also given their own ideas of how Nigeria should be restructured. I want to hear your own idea um, of how a restructured Nigeria should look like. <laughs> yes. Uh, w- well, um, of all the possible restructuring scenarios that have been bandied around. One that would really uh, appeal to me would be for us to have this, not going back to the old three regional status, but maybe a six regional structure that would have the control over its own resources, both human and material. All this, uh, uh, and including the mineral resources, they should belong to whoever owns the land. Each region would then develop at its own pace. In the United States of America, not all the states are in El Dorado. You find some states that are fabulously rich. And there are some states that are very rural and, uh, and rustic. So, uh, the kind of restructuring, you know, like I said, would, would be one in which the regions have total independence. More powerful than the center. If possible, yes. Will the president still be executive? Look, the Queen of England is the head of government, but she has no powers. Mm. The Queen of England. When Azikwe was president of Nigeria, did he have the powers? So the president does not. And you see, by putting somebody there, and that's why we have all these ethnic bickerings, all these ethnic suspicions. When you say such and such ministry, such and such department, such and such, they are all in one, you know, I mean, really, they really should not matter. But how can they not matter when it is the hand of the powerful? So let's remove some of that power. Let's remove some of that power. Yeah, I would also like to ask this question about um, restructuring. Nigeria operates a bicameral legislative system, mm. the mm. Senate and the uh, House of Representatives. Do you consider that necessary too, or perhaps... Nigeria should simply stick to a unicamera uh, legislative system. Some people have even said 
that running that two systems, those mm-hmm. two systems, makes Niger's uh, legislature one of the most expensive yes. to run. That, that is very obvious. That's very obvious. That's very apparent. Um, uh, uh, we, we, we see, again, we know we are going through a, a period of experimentation. Huh? We tried the British Parliament system. Uh, we're now trying the uh, American constitutional system. Uh, but um, it's all very expensive, really expensive, and the people are complaining. The people really are complaining. Um, all you need to look, let, let, let's. We, we, all this noise about how much a senator makes a month is really, is really, is really outrageous. It's really outrageous. Um, like I said, I would advocate for uh, politicians living in their own houses. Yeah. Look, when we created Ikiti State, when Ikiti State was created, we had the idea that, look, the whole of Ikiti should be developed together. That no part should be focused upon. That anybody, because there's nowhere in Ikiti State, if the roads are good, that you will travel for one hour and you will not get to Ado. There's nowhere in Ikiti State from Maba up there to Ayedun, wherever, if the roads are good. So that was our, because I happen to be one of the commissioners in the first set. And in our executive meetings, this was our plan. But you know, Subsequent governments come and they will not implement what you 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 you, you have on the drawing board, and that's why I really commend Fayemi for his uh, for this new law he passed, this succession law that he passed. Mandating governments yes. to continue, continue whatever a previous government has has done. Um, so, so, so that uh, but, but then who's going to be the watchdog because one thing that allows politicians to really go off handle is that nobody calls them to account nobody calls them and says ah, Mr. Governor you cannot do this Mr. Governor you cannot do that and this is what we really need and that is why we don't need people who will always say yes, 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 yes to the governor. Uh, he's just a human being. He's just, and he's limited. Just like you and I. So he will need the input of well-meaning and very, very well-educated and highly achieved people. You think the current governor of the state has all of that? 
some persons, we had bottom line this week, and some persons say that the governor has uh, a cult like following. Um, Well, his political associates um, will say all kinds of things about him. Um, I have a personal soft spot for him, but that is not to say that I cannot see that he is gradually derailing. And I think this is his association with certain people. The governor is divided. Hmm? You, you, you're saying that the governor seems to be divided. Yes. How? Detached from people? Yes. He's really not at home. He's really not in control. He's leaving too many things in the hands of so many people. Um, and this political following, followership... Uh, is one of the beings of politics. Look at all the special advisors, the senior special advisors. Um, look, give us good roads in Ekiti. Everywhere, make it tired. Why can a governor not come and say, okay, this four years, I'm going to create an industry if that is all he can achieve make it a viable industry that will employ three four five thousand people but then the governor would probably say that uh, in the past two years that he has been moving all around trying to invite investors do you doubt those trips the yoruba man says for you to get somebody to assist you to put load on your head you must bend down and carry so the governor is not bending, or perhaps not bending Look, enough. I, I, I don't want to be personal. Huh? We're not talking about fire. Me. Yeah. What I'm saying is that even successive governors, past governors, the political system is such that why can a governor not? We don't have any industry here in Ekiti. We don't. And how, how, how many more years does fire me have to, 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 to spend now? All right, sir. We would continue the conversation in case you tuned in a little bit late it is the conversation with samuel on new cruise 92.7 fm i have been speaking with mr donald olufemi Faji, the son of the late governor of the western region of nigeria the lieutenant colonel adekunle Faji. we would go on a musical break and when we're back we'll talk more on um, a couple of trending issues. Don't forget that AKT has recorded a fresh case of coronavirus and uh, the chief of staff to the president, Abakari, has died or has been confirmed.
Oh, Lord. 